just want to welcome you. And uh, last week, Pastor Jamie talked about, you know, we are chosen. And this morning, I'm going to talk that we have, we are life. And what we have is what people are really looking for. You know that you are an advertisement, even though you realize it or not. You know, the way you look, the way you act, the way you smile, the way you respond to things. You're just an advertisement. And some people want to be like you. And some people go, I don't want nothing to do with what they look like. You know, sometimes people just wear things on their face. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. The Bible says this, the eyes are the window of the soul. You can look in someone's eye. You can see if they're happy, they're sad, they're miserable, whatever it is. Or they're strung out or whatever. And so last week, Pastor Jamie talked about being chosen. And I just remember being in Bible college, being with a guy named Frank Zemkowski. He used to have a bunk kind of close to me. And, and I remember one night, and when I think about chosen, he goes, he's, in his, he's having a dream. And he's he talking his dreams. He goes, hey, hey. And he was kind of, he was Polish too. So he goes, hey, 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 what team am I on? And he's going to Italy. And they go, well, you on team one? Okay, okay, okay. You, 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 you on team. He's picking all these teams. And in his dream, all of a sudden, he goes, hey, 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 what team am I on? He didn't get picked in his own dream. So anyway, I don't know. But I love it. I remember waking up. I remember coming in my apartment before they had cell phones and stuff. My grandmother was a prayer warrior. The reason I'm here, you can blame her because she did a lot of praying, a lot of crying. And she, I'd come in at like 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning partying all night. And, she, and the phone would ring when I walked in my apartment. I, don't tell, I'm, I can't tell you how many times that happened. And I don't know if she had some kind of nab thing on me. I don't know. But I remember she, I'd get in the apartment. She goes, boy. That's what she's coming. She said, boy, where you been? And I wasn't about to tell her where I'd been. She goes, the Holy Ghost woke me up. And I've been praying for you. And I remember... Her favorite scripture to me, for, I've not, for you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, that you would go out and bear fruit and that your fruit shall remain. That's my life scripture. You see, this morning, what I want to do is that, I mean, you know, that whatever God, you know, you're chosen, whatever God chooses, whenever God starts, he's always able to finish. Amen. How many, how many of you got projects that you went to go do and you just didn't finish it? You don't need to raise your hand. Don't incriminate yourself. There's hope in the house. Your wife looking, yeah, that whole living room. No, I don't want to start arguments in here. Marriage counseling's when Jamie gets back. But what happens is, you know, it's important in getting the right diagnosis when, you find, when there's an issue, right? If you go to the doctor, you want to find out what the right diagnosis is so you can identify the issue or the problem that you're, you're having. If you have stomach ailments or whatever it is, and they, you go the, you've done everything you took, Pepto-Bismol, you know, all that stuff. You do everything you can, and everybody's giving you their opinion, and all the, oh, when I had this, and then you go to the doctor and go, you got a bad gallbladder, honey. They go, so what, this is what we're going to do. They begin to tell you what they're going to do. It's simply, how many know you can't fix anything until you first know what's wrong with you? You see, I believe that's my problem at home. I'll just say this. I'm not a very good home repairman. Is that all right? I'm just not. I'm not a plumber. I'm not. Listen, the only thing I know is that if I put in a plug, the only thing I know about electricity is just plug it in. and I hope it works. You know what I mean? How many of you been ever shocked? I remember Zach one time. (laughs) He was telling me a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago, he was in his new house and and he's in Crowley, and he's trying to move this. He goes, oh, man, we don't need this. He said, Dad, when I grabbed that plug, I guess it was loose a little bit, and I was trying to fiddle, fiddle with something. He said, that thing just got me, man. I mean, I mean, literally, I went, 
couldn't say anything. And then his wife, Claire, comes back and goes, ah! You know, he's like, and he, and he, somehow he got loose from it. And he said, and she goes, you are not playing with electricity anymore. He goes, I, I concur. You see, if you've ever going to live for God first in your life, how I many you know this is a fallen world? It's messed up. And then you need to know what's wrong with you. If you're going to live in this fallen world, you're going to follow Jesus. How many of you know we all got issues? Okay, anybody got an issue in the house? Anybody don't have an issue? So most of us have junk in the trunk. But what has to happen is, is that we live in a fallen world. We got, and how, how can we fix it? The gospel is the most accurate and most reliable diagnostic reality that you can, you can live by. See, I believe, I believe this. Apart from Jesus... We are dead. If you're looking for a first point, we're dead without him. Ephesians, and we're going to Ephesians. Ephesians 1 says, once you were dead because of your disobedience and of your many sins. How many of you, let me ask you, how many of you had lots of sins in your life? How many of you never sinned? How many of you have ever lied? How many of you have ever lied? Come on. You? Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Because if you don't raise your hand, you're a liar. Here's the thing. I've learned this is that, you know, when, when we have a problem in our relationships, you know, because we all, how many of you know that when you're dead and you have problems, in, how many you know dead people can't talk? When you go to a funeral and you look at them, they can't order any food anymore, right? They're not worried about what the thermostat says because they're just dead. Dead means dead. Okay? You can have a. A Roos Chris, since we were talking about this morning, a Roos Chris steak and go right under you and you could be sizzling right out there. You know, and then you put it under those. They're not moving anywhere. Because why? Because they're dead. You see, what happens is, is it, you see, we all we have to do is recognize that, that, that some people are bad. You ever recognize that some people are just really bad. But we always think it's somebody else out there who has the problem, Right. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? It's never us. Right? Come on. We're going to talk about a little humility this morning. Look, when I preach, you can shake your hand. You pull out a hanky. You can shout hallelujah. You can wave your hand. I give up. I don't care what you do. Okay? But some of y'all, y'all are too quiet. Y'all make me nervous. Okay? You see, what when we have a problem in our relationship, it's always everybody else's fault. Yeah, I've yet to do marriage counseling where I have someone come in, a couple sit down, and they say, no, no, it, pastor, it's not her. It's me. Jennifer, you're a licensed counselor. I know you have to, you can keep suing. Have you ever had that situation? Okay, she's a counselor, all right? <coughs> I've never had that. It's, it's not her. It's me. Usually it's that woman. Or it's that bag of dirt of a man. Let me tell you, Pastor Bubba. He is just, no, I'm not going to go there. See, how many, for many of you, you always see yourself as the victim. Come on. I'm in the right house. It's, it's, you know, uh, you know, I mean, you know, it's, I'm just a victim. Your parents were idiots. Your boss is a jerk. Your roommate was un- unreasonable. Come on. And the common denominator and all of that really is, it's you. You know that, 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 that conversation you have when you break up with somebody? You remember that? When you were in junior high? You know, when you were in junior high, you go, if you like me, put, 
do, uh, yes or no, do the check. You know, because it was always a, a carrier from another friend. You know what I mean? It was never them directly. And so what happens is, and then you got to break up and you go, it's, it's really, it's really, it's really not you. Because you want to remain friends. And when a girl tells you she wants to be a friend, she broke up. We, I just want to be friends. And, and, and guys, we don't want to be just friends. Either you like me, either I'm hot or not. And so what happens is, it's not you, it's me. God is saying, no, it's not me, it's you. You see, we make sin simply that we're just breaking the rules. Which makes God kind of like the policeman of the sky with a radar gun. If you're just too much, he's going to pull you over. He's just waiting to catch you. Come on. See, dead shows us that sin is not an action, but it's a condition of the heart. Why is that? See, kids don't learn evil. They're born with it. Come on. Yeah, I mean, mine, mine. That's mine. Stop it. It's mine. She took, she did. I have six kids. I know. And they're sweet kids, but sometimes the devil comes out of them. And sometimes when the devil's in them and I'm not doing, doing what I need to do, sometimes the devil can come out of me. My grandson, my son walked in, Zach walked into the, the bedroom with his, my two grandsons fighting. And, and, he, and they're yelling at each other. And Zach goes, hey, what are y'all doing? Quit yelling at each other. And then my second grandson, Isaac, goes, daddy, you're yelling at us. You see, I don't know where the hoarding spirit comes from in my children, but I ain't got it. Tracy ain't got it. Or everything, I just know this, in my house, everything belongs to me. Who paid for everything? You know what I mean? That's mine. No, it's not. It's mine. I'll let you borrow it. That Frisbee is not yours. That's mine. That baseball glove you got, that's mine. That ain't yours. Come on. You know what I'm talking about? And so what happens, everything's daddy's and it's in my grace. I let you play with my stuff. They're self-centered and self-serving. How many of you know kids are that way? It's not, it's not the activity issue, you know, that we, we got to deal with. It's a nature issue that we're dealing with. And see, the second point is we've all been enslaved. See what Ephesians says in verse 2 and 3. It says this in chapter 2. Says, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in our hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passion, desires, and inclinations of our sinful nature. You ever notice when you're angry and you say something or do something, you tend to tell yourself... That you did it because it was something happening on the outside. And that's why you are justified to get angry. My mop pulled in front of me. I can't believe they said that. That made me go off. You know, are you saying things that he had so he was so angry. I wasn't feeling well or are you, you don't know what what it's like to live with these kids that I've got. They were literally burned in hell. I don't have I, I've had a long Exhausting they are. The traffic makes me insane. I've been to Lafayette this past week. I was insane. Lily, it took me an hour and a half to get from Jennings to Lafayette. 
Can I just get all my struggles out of me? Can I just confess my sin? Well, y'all just, I'm driving. I'm like, what's wrong with people on Interstate 10? They have, I call my wife, hey, baby, check your, now she goes, baby, I don't know what it is, but they had a wreck right before, Doosan, right at Doosan and all the way into whatever. And I said, are you kidding me? So I got off in the rain. Everybody else did too. That knows where they, they know where to go. I went the back way to Lafayette. But what happens is, I'm convinced, you know what, I'll just say, I'm able to convince myself that I'm essentially a good person. Come on, you ever just, I'm good. How many, you look around, you feel that way about yourself? Young pastor, that's a trick question. I ain't shaking my head, nod, you already want me to raise my hand when I, I did lie, but I didn't want to tell anybody I was lying. The problem is, it, it tr- see, we're troubled by the evil of this world that we live in. And see, the problem is you and I am often blind to what actually exists in ourselves. What do you mean, Pastor? We, we're not, not very good at self-diagnosis, are we? You see, it sounds good, but it's a diagnosis that... That not only is flawed, it always keeps the real change from taking place in your life and in my life. If we try to self-diagnose ourselves. See, because I believe this. I believe that all of us need people that can sit across the table and look at us and tell us the truth about ourselves. The Bible says it's better the wounds of a friend than the kisses of an enemy. People that don't care about you just kiss up. Baby, you're good. You're doing right. Yeah. Oh, honey, everybody else is doing it. Yeah, right. Somebody look at you and go, you know what? You're selfish. And you know what? And you treat your wife terrible. I do? Yeah. I can see it in her eyes. I remember eating at Don's restaurant in downtown Lafayette, the old Don's. And one of my friends, I mean, for her birthday, listen to me, for her birthday, bought her a, a this is how long ago it was. A VCR video of Buns, Buns of Steel. I thought, boy, that was really smart. First of all, you never talk a woman's, about a woman's anatomy in a negative way. Or give a video. I mean, that's where you wanted to go. I'm an idiot. And I bought my wife a video. And man, he started treating her like bad and just speaking like negative stuff. And, we, and he had to go to the bathroom. I looked at my wife. I'm going to the bathroom too. And he's been my friend since junior high. Whoa. That's all right. Anyway. <laughs> we leak. And I go in there and said, bro, you can't talk to your wife that way. And I just, I didn't go in. Ah, you're an idiot. No, I'm just like, man, you can't do that to your wife. I mean, man, you know what's going to happen? The end was, so long story short, and he's a Christian. And he said, you're right, Bob, I'm sorry. We went and apologized to her in front of all of us. Because I believe this. If you, if you sin in front of many people, you need to ask for apology in the, same, in, in the group of people. If you sin against someone individually, you deal with it individually. But as a group, you deal with it as a group. Amen? And see, sin, I'll just say, because... I, what I'm actually saying is, I don't, you know, sometimes we say, well, I don't need to change. What needs to change are people and their circumstances outside of me. If they change, then maybe I'll change. If my, I'm waiting for my wife to change. Or I'm waiting for my husband. I'm waiting for my kids to change. They will never change until you change. 
You know, they say this. I don't know if Jamie read the statistic, but there's, there's a statistic. If a father, if a, if a teenager gets saved, 3.9% of the family gets saved. If a mother gets saved, 17% of the family gets saved. If a daddy gets saved, 93% of the family will serve God. Man, don't just remember this. You have influence. And see, sin, we know this, is that we can't blame it on others, but sin is enslaving. It addicts me to people, addicts me to pleasure, addicts me to possessions. Come on. It addicts me to control. It addicts me to have a sin nature, and it slaves me. You know, it's enslaving, it's an addicting. I was talking to my son Luke the other day because we we're talking about something, and I said, son, you know, the reason you're able to experience is so you can see people that are enslaved with sin. I said, there's people, they have good hearts. They have great hearts, but they're addicted to alcohol. They're addicted to pornography. They're addicted to drugs. They have a good heart. I believe that. But can I tell you what it is? It says what it is, it's in their head. Their heart might be good, but in their head, they haven't been convinced that God can help them and change them. I met people, I mean, I met people that are great people, but they're, they're just hooked on stuff. And you fill in the blank, whatever it is. Because I'm not here to, because you know what, I believe this. My, my only job is to go fishing. It's, you know, Jesus will catch you and he'll clean you. Amen? And so what happens is we get, see, James says, what's causing these quarrels and these fights among, among you? Don't they come from evil desires? At war within you. How many know there's a war going on inside of you? Every day. How I many when you wake up in the morning, that alarm clock goes up. No, 10 minutes. And they go, no, you got to get up. No, no, 10 minutes. No, 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 man. You got to get up and go to work. No, no, I can do it. I know, I know. If I just get up, I got another 10 minutes. I'll miss breakfast, but I'm going to get to work. And you can sit there and that's all. it's been 20 minutes. Oh, my God. There's a war going on inside of you. I like when your old buddies come and you're nice to everybody and you haven't had a cussing problem in a long time, but all your friends get around, they're cussing and talking bad about their wives and all oh, that old bag of dirt I got at home too. I mean, if she was there, she'd pimp slap you. She hears the way. But see, what happens is whatever you put yourself around, that you allow that to influence you and that's where you go, you know, I need God. See, Americans prefer to see sin as an action rather than a condition. Because if sin is an action, we feel like we can cure it on our own. But you can't. You see, the third point I want to tell you, we, are, we were condemned. And Ephesians 2, 3 says, by our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. We are children who deserve only God's wrath. Why? Why? We have minimized him and glorified ourselves. What do you mean, Pastor? We want God to be we want God to be mad at everyone else's sin but our own. When we look at our country and we go, man, our country's messed up. How many of you ever said that? Man, we need a new leader. We need a new president. I think God gives us the leader that reflects who we really are. Sorry, that's my political wisdom for the for the year. He just gives us a picture of, of reflection of who we really are as a society, as a people. What we used to not tolerate, now we accept. So we think God should just forgive us. Isn't that what he does? This is why there are horns in our cars. I want to punish people with noise. 
I remember I had an 87-year-old. She looked like she was flipping me off one time when I honked the car and I had her before I was saved. See, we were like, we were like, we were stoned. Go, you suck my mom. She just flipped us off. She gave us a peace symbol. Everybody else deserves punishment, but not us. See, I know this. We deserve God's wrath. But see, so what is God's remedy for that? Verse four. It's a great verse in this chapter. I love it. But God is so rich in mercy. He loved us so much. There are the two greatest words in the Bible. But God. It just depends on where your butt is. But God. But me. No, but God. Abraham, you can look out throughout the Bible when people are facing trials or temptation. It says, but God. All of a sudden, God shows up. See, but God. You see, God didn't have to do anything, but he pursued you. Aren't you glad God doesn't do karma? If we get what we deserve, we'd be in trouble, wouldn't we? I'd come back as like a a skunk. Mercy is Jesus's. Mercy is Jesus held back what we deserve. That's what mercy really means. God's uh, listen to this. God's mercies are new every day. Aren't you glad? That don't mean you have to live like you did yesterday. That means today you can ask your husband or your wife for apology or your children. Forgive me because I don't want to live. God's mercies are new every day. I thank God for that. His mercies are new. I love that. It actually says God's mercy new every morning. See, we get we get what we deserve. We'd be we'd be in trouble. Why? God loved us. Salvation is based on love. We needed outside help. That's what it means. But God, it means you couldn't do it by yourself. But God showed up. Let me ask you, how many of you tried to be better by yourself? I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not going to. I'm not going to do that. I remember I've literally had. I remember my dad. He used to struggle with smoking cigarettes. And I remember he literally cussed a cigarette out. And stomp on it because he really didn't want to be doing it, but he was hooked. You know what I'm saying? He was hooked. I've seen alcoholics. It's like, man, that's just I can't, you know, <sighs> no more. I'm pouring out the bottle. Then in the middle of the night, you go, where did I leave them drops at? We need outside help. See, salvation is Jesus died for me so I could live, listen, with him. It's no longer I that lives. It's Christ that lives inside of me, inside of you. Are y'all with me this morning? See, Ephesians says in verse 5 and 6, even though we were yet dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It's only by God's grace that you have been saved, for he raised us from the dead along with Christ. It's not like we were in the middle of getting our lives back together anyway. What happens is Christ died. He satisfied the curse. Justice was served for you and me and our sins. Are y'all with me? Am I being too? Because he shared in my death, I can share in his resurrection. You know, the the Bible says the same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you and me as Christians. 
That no longer that I have some dead religion or dead theology. I have a real living God that lives inside of me. And it's like, you know, I can't play basketball, but it would be like this. It would be like if, if, if you, know, like you unzip me or you unzip Stephen Curry, who can shoot three-pointers. They didn't win this year. I'm sorry. Because when LeBron James said it, you know, I did and I and I, there was a whole lot of eyes. I almost wanted to play that Toby Keith song. You know, it's about me. It's about I. It's about number one. Come on. The only reason I know that I used to go work out at this place and that song when it was popular, they just, I, I used to go, man, that's, that's the world. But if I could, if I could play basketball, I'd, I'd unzip Stephen Curry and I'd step in his body and I could shoot three pointers like I've always wanted to. I could be the MVP. But guess what? When you unzip Jesus and you step into him. The Bible says all things are possible to him who believes. Come on. All things. You mean that bad boyfriend I got? Yeah, get rid of him like the Holy Spirit told you to get rid of him. Come on. Them friends, you know, they've been dragging me down every time I'm going up and God's been speaking to you. It's time to make new friends. But they've been my friends forever. Yeah, but are they really, are they lifting you up or dragging you down? Come on. Or oh, this is a real tough one. That bluebell devil. It usually speaks about nine o'clock at night. Come on, get some chocolate sauce. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? I'll just leave it at that. It means this. Because I share in his death. No longer is sin my master. Because that's what I told Luke. You know why? People can have a good heart. But they're messed up in the head. Because they're a slave. They're just a slave. I'm not a. I'm no longer a slave to sin. I'm a love slave. I'm hooked on Jesus. I went to one of my classroom unions and one of the girls looked at me. Are you like a, like a, a Jesus kind of freak? She goes, yeah, that. Oh, yeah. But whose freak are you? Freak out. <laughs> you know? Ephesians, let me get back to the Bible. Verse 6 and 7. And seated with him in heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of his incredible wealth, of his grace and his kindness towards us. Now all of a sudden, God could go, hey, how about him? Remember when the devil stood before God and he said, how about your servant Job? He says, go for it. The God go, hey, Billy Knight. You see, it's incredible wealth of his grace and kindness is shown in all he has done for us and united us with Christ. It's not that we, we, we sit, but we are, we are, he has seated us. In God's eyes, I'm already seated with Christ. I'm seated with him. With Christ. I'm seated. Some people thinking, well, you know, one day when I get seated, no, I'm seated with him. In other words, I'm already seated with Christ at a place of honor, already at, around God's throne. It's not like so, it's one day, it's right now. 
that, and that's what prayer is all about. I get to be around the throne of God. And see, it's going to be easy when I leave this earth that one day I'm just going to the place I was always trying to seat myself. Hello? I can't get any higher place in heaven, closer to God, than being seated in Christ. In other words, salvation's already accomplished. It's not, it's, it's already mine. And the last thing, salvation is a gift you receive, not a paycheck you earn. What do you mean, Pastor Baba? Ephesians, let's just read it. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from who? From God. Salvation is not a reward for good works we have done, so none of us can boast about it. We were dead. Dead people don't do things. They don't decide things. They're dead. New birth is like a natural birth. I had nothing to do with that birth. How many of you know? When kids come, they didn't have nothing to do with it. Mom and dad got hooked up. That's all I got to say. And what happens is faith is the belief that Christ has done all and that it's finished. It's like that chair. That chair represents that Christ has died for you. It's true whether you have to believe it or not. Faith, you know what faith is? Is when you learn to sit in the chair. I remember the day I got saved when I sat in the chair. May 15th, 1980. I was seated with him. 36 years ago. I hadn't done anything before that for 36 minutes consistent. And see, here's the problem. A lot of people don't have that experience when they got seated. See, you've had, let me just say, you've had some touches by God. You responded to God, but you never really had an encounter with God. And when you get have an encounter with God, you get seated with him. And you don't forget. Because you know why people forget? Because they never got seated. You don't have to remember the day. I remember it was the fifth. It was I remember the day. I remember the day of the week. It was a Wednesday. I remember the time. That's not important for some people. But for me, I had an encounter with Jesus. It's one of those but God. You see, it's a lot of times people can't remember when they sat down. So they start to doubt whether they are even saved. I went to church. Look at me. It's not church that gets you to heaven, guys. This is a great church. Pastor Jamie's a great pastor and Cheryl. Great people. They love God. This church ain't in heaven. But hopefully you hear about the Jesus in this church. That provides everything you need to get your family to get yourself in order to get your family in order and to live the life that God's called you to live because see, let me tell you something this is the love letter this book is about a father and a son that loved each other so much they want to express their love you see I believe this at some point you have to make a decision sit down how do you know pastor Bella? because you remember that decision no because you're sitting down there's sometimes I want to stand up. 
Right now, you're either believing Christ, what he's done for you, and resting in it. Hello, I'm trying to be nice to y'all this morning. But you're being mean, Pastor Bubba, right now. Or are you standing on your own? Are you seated with him? Or are you standing on your own? You're standing on your own. It reminds me of a story. A father was he was having dinner and his son was at the house and his son was standing up as they had dinner and he says, Son, sit down. He goes, I'm not sitting down. He said, Son, I'm telling you to sit down. Dad, I'm not gonna sit down. Son, I'm commanding you to sit down. And he sat down. And the son looked at his father, he said, Dad. I may be sitting down on the outside, but I'm still standing up on the inside. Because see, sometimes we can look like it all looks good. We can put that little religious garb on. Hey, brother, what's up, sister? Hey. You get in the car. Are y'all in the back? Put your seatbelt on. What happened? Last verse, and I'm done. Ephesians 2.10. It's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. For we is workmanship created in Christ Jesus. Listen to what it says. For good works. Which God prepared when beforehand that you should walk in them. You're not saved by good works. You're saved for good works. See, it's not about how hard you work or your good thing. Workmanship means this. It's, it's a root word in, um, in Hebrew, which means poetry. Or a poem. In other words, that God takes your life and He changes it around towards its poetry. What do you mean, Pastor Bible? It's like this. You may think you're not very impressive. Look at me, but look in the mirror. And when you look in the mirror and consider what God had to work with. Hello, did y'all get that? Well, Pastor Bubba, I mean, I used to be lean and mean, but now I'm, well, whatever. I used to be slender and tender with no big back fender. But now, but now I'm sagging and dragging. It don't matter what you look like on the outside. Because God loves you. He gave his son up for you and me. Look at me. I want to see the whites of your eyes. God loves you. I don't care what your mama said. I don't care what your mean aunt said. I don't care what anybody said. God demonstrated his love towards us. And yet while we were yet sinners, Christ Jesus died for you and me. We weren't perfect. We were trying to be better. Look, you did it. Listen, I always look at it. I was like this. People think, well, I tried religion. I go, well, how's that working out for you? Well, listen, you try ice cream. You follow Jesus. Difference between Christianity and just being religious is this. Christianity says this, you die and let Jesus live. Religion says, it's all show. 
You say the right thing. You do the right thing. You work hard and show people through your works where God says, no, 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 no. I've created you to do good works for me.